Seto Kaiba is, uh, he's a homosexual. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, like, trying to think of one of, like, Kaiba's monologues that I could adapt for the podcast purposes, but I didn't really have it, you know? Like, I was gonna be like, Nora doesn't even suspect that I'm secretly gathering the blue eyes. Like, what is that? That's nothing. Shut the fuck up. I'm Nora. As always, this is Olivia. What? <laughs> that was a weird. That was such a weird way to say it. What? As I'm Nora, and as always, this is Olivia. Hold yeah. on. You want to do both sides of this podcast? What? You want to introducing bo- you? I thought you were going to say hi or something. Hi. Okay. We watched Yu Gi Oh. <laughs> we watched episodes. 22, 23. <laughs> we are not the Paradox Brothers. We can't do this shit. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not in sync. Okay, look. 22, 23, and 24, which are face-off, face-off parts 1 through 3. I'm gonna say did not need to be a three-parter. No, not at all. Uh, but basically, uh, when we last left Seto Kaiba... Mokuba's soul, he was watching Mokuba's soul get stolen right in front of him by Pegasus. Um, Pegasus gloats about this and then goes, Well, if you want to duel me for your brother's soul back, you've got to go out there and fight Yugi. And Kaiba goes, Grr, well, I guess you do have my brother's soul, so I'll go do that. He goes outside and he makes a really gay overture to Yugi to get this duel. Um, he basically gives Yugi the baby I've changed speech. <laughs> Um, he says he, you know, he he comes clean and he tells Yugi, you know, I'm fighting to save my brother. And and because of this, now I believe in the heart of the cards. And even though Pegasus wants me to duel you, I'm ready to have an honorable heart of the cards duel. Uh, he will not be doing this. Uh, basically. He didn't cheat. I, he, he, Nora? I guess, I I forgot about the ending. He so. did not, I mean, he did not cheat, but he did use some, like, deeply emotionally manipulative tactics. I forgot about the ending. We just watched it. I know. I was thinking about other things. So, Kaiba's, Kaiba's strategy in this duel is, you know, Yugi was able to beat three blue eyes separately. But what about three blue eyes together? So he gathers 
all of all three of his blue eyes in his hand and then uses polymerization to make blue eyes ultimate dragon a monster who honestly is worse than having three blue eyes on the field uh, but that's uh, actual card game shit three blue eyes white dragons would do more damage in a turn than the ultimate blue eyes dragon yeah and would be less susceptible to removal because when it's one card you only need yeah, yeah. you only need one point of removal um uh, but to back up his massive dragon, we can't forget that he inflicts uh, Yugi's deck with Pokeris. Yeah, he does. He does use the Crush Card virus, which not how it works in the card game, but he infects <laughs> Soggy the Dark Clown, <laughs> um, which I'm never Soggy gonna... the Dark Clown. Yeah, they say Soggy the Dark Clown about five times. Um, and then when Yugi destroys it, his deck gets infected, and so he can only summon monsters that have less than 1,500 attack. Sorry, um, when Yugi destroys what? When Yugi destroys Soggy the Dark Clown. Oh, Soggy the Dark Clown. Okay. Uh, you know, so he's got, Kaiba's got the Blue Eyes Ultimate out on the field. Uh, Yugi can only play monsters with less than 1,500 attack. It's looking pretty dire. But Yugi has the ultimate combo. Which is Karibo and Multiply, making an infinite wall of infinite Karibos that can just die for him constantly and ensure that his life points can't be touched. Um, then Yugi pulls another one of his famous Season 1 tricks and fuses Mammoth Graveyard into the Blue-Eyes Ultimate Dragon to rot it from the inside out. And then he plans to use the Celtic Guardian to take out, you know, the Blue-Eyes Ultimate Dragon when its attack points have gone low enough. Um, at which point Kaiba has sort of a breakdown, and he faces this kind of dark moment inside his soul. You know, will he do anything to save Mokuba? Um, and he decides he will, so he gets up on the battlements of the castle that they're fighting on, and basically says to Yugi, Look, you can destroy my monster, but the shockwaves could cause me to fall off this castle wall and die. And are you willing to risk that to save your grandpa? Um, uh, Big Yugi, <laughs> we get a, we get a callback to Big Yugi right at the beginning of this three-parter. Um, but Big Yugi is gonna go through with it and actually orders the Celtic Guardian to attack. But you, but little Yugi can't go through with it, and so cancels the attack order. At which point, Kaiba revives one of his uh, blue eyes as like at full power, and then just fucking blows him away. Um, so everyone tries to comfort Yugi, like, "Hey, look, it's not a bad thing if you don't want to literally kill a man." And Kaiba's like, "You're a fucking pussy, bitch," and then leaves. Which is also kind of what Bandit Keith thinks, because Bandit Keith is like skulking around in the back of this entire duel. Uh, just one quick question mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. uh, when the Blue-Eyes White Dragon destroys the Celtic Guardian with a massive laser, um, does Yugi experience any sort of physical effect of that? Okay, here's the thing. When monsters are destroyed in this show, like, the duelists do, like, cover their eyes and, like, brace themselves, which, so, like... The idea that somebody could be affected by the holograms is is something that is visually established. Yeah. And also yeah. it's it's a metaphor. Like the whole emotional arc of like this set of episodes is like does Kaiba's like do Kaiba's motivations can they transform him into like a guy who can side with our heroes? And the answer is like no. 
They turn him into a guy who will, like, do anything to get his brother back, including, like, you know, you know, manipulating Yugi in a way that, like, all everyone else in this show finds abhorrent. But Kaiba's just like, fuck you, I'm here to save my brother. Um, he lies to Yugi to get the duel and then manipulates him to win the duel. And, you know, he's he's pissed when they call him on that, but he's going to do uh, what he's going to do. We need to we need to put a pin in this real quick, because this is a this is a dub thing. Mm-hmm. In uh, in the dub, Kaiba says the attack against Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon could cause him to fall off the tower. But in <laughs> Japanese, he says he will walk backward for every hundred life points lost. Okay, so he literally says like I will kill myself. Yes, yes. Yeah. All right, I, I guess got, that's. A I got hung up on that weird moment, mm-hmm. but it was a dub thing. Okay, and also it's a it's a children's TV show. Yeah, fair fair to think that Western TV, like fucking WB, would not allow uh, a cartoon in which a character threatens to kill himself in order to win a card game. Um, uh, I also wanted to say, which is um something that I remembered while doing the summary, but didn't really have a place for. Uh, this is our first episode of Attention Duelist since the death of Kazuki Takahashi. Um, yes. Uh, yeah he passed away a few weeks ago um in what from the news reports i've read i don't know if there's been any details since but it appears to have been a scuba diving accident Mm -hmm. um and it's it sucks because you know um i just wanted to you know just bring it up because you know he he was a guy who you know he he made this whole franchise that we're doing this podcast on um and we have we have teased him for his obvious BDSM thing in the past, but it was always loving. Um, and I think yeah. he just you can't deny the man had a fucking aesthetic. Like, yeah, his his sense of like, and I mean aesthetics, not just in like visual, you know, visuals, but also in like just what you can base a, a series around and make it cool and interesting has been so enduring that we're on, like, the eighth Yu-Gi-Oh! show, you know? Um, yeah. It's been around since I was in, like, fucking third grade, and that's, you know, that's like a titan, basically. Um, so, mad respect to the guy, and it really sucks to hear that news. Yeah. I just wanted to say that explicitly uh, before we go back to talking about how gay Kaiba is. Yeah, there are a lot of passes being made in uh, in this dialogue. Uh, at one point, Joey taunts Kaiba by saying, quote, Yugi really put the moves on you. Uh-huh. Um, this is after Kaiba calls him... No. First, Joey gets mad at Kaiba and starts going, ah, rah, shaking his fist, and Tristan holds him back and says, down, boy. And then after that, Kaiba calls him a chihuahua, and then after that... Uh, Kaiba says, don't let him snap his leash. There's also a bone thing in there. Yeah, when Kaiba sees that Joey has ten star chips, Kaiba says, did you did you get those yourself, or did Yugi throw you a bone? <laughs> um, so a lot of stuff happening in that exchange. Joey continuing his tr- grand tradition of saying the gayest possible thing. <laughs> That we've heard in several episodes, and God bless him for it. He's Joey Wheeler, and he always gets his man. It's incredible to to realize that this is a 
this facet of the of the show considering that bakura is here constantly <laughs> and gets a boner in this in this first episode <sighs> let's not twice talk about, technically let's not talk about bakura's boner uh i i think bakura's commentary is really funny uh i think he's a great addition to like the the cast of characters who cheer on whoever's dueling because everybody else gives pretty generic things but then bakura will be like oh that was a right good play at a critical juncture yuki smashing job (laughs) it's like it's like um having uh an ai take over for the fourth player in a multiplayer game but instead (laughs) of for gameplay it's for like commentary so it's like you've got the streamers talking but also john madden robot voice is just piping in with some canned phrase yeah his as you pointed out three times as long as everyone else's shit yeah his diction is just so out of step with the other three and i think that's really charming also, when Kaiba's having his kind of, like, Dark Knight of the Soul, Bakara goes like, Gosh, it really is tough to see such a top-caliber duelist taking losing so difficult. <laughs> and it's like, just so nice for no reason. Kaiba's, I mean, Kaiba is nothing but a huge asshole to everyone around him. <laughs> to be fair, we have sealed away the darkness in his heart. Yeah. He's, like, literally split into, like, cool dude and, like, a guy who murders people. Um, but which, by the way, Taya does have a flashback to uh the the Dark Bakura saga, and is like, "Hey, weren't there two Yugi's? Oh yeah, there were two Yugi's. <laughs> this is the episode where this actually explicitly comes up, right? The first time this yeah. is like they they ca- all talk about it mm-hmm. as if, and they they like latch onto the concept as if it's really easy and like follows swiftly from whatever they were thinking about Yugi and. In their heads. Mm-hmm. Um, despite it being not brought up to them, I think Bakura and Yugi had a moment earlier, right? Yeah, Bakura and Yugi talked about it and theorized that it was related to the Millennium Items, which is something that Bakura throws out here as well. Yeah. Um, but Yugi says... This is interesting, I think, because we get we get Yugi saying that he, he has a sense of it, but he's not 100% sure, and it's this episode in which he... Even though he talks to Yami Yugi at other at other points in the series, it's apparently this episode where he has like a definite feeling that there is another presence inside him. Because at the end of the duel, at the end of the duel, Yami Yugi tries to you know tries to fucking kill Kaiba, um, and our Yugi can you know makes him stop. Um, Small Yugi. Hmm. Small Yugi. Small Yugi. Personally, I feel like he's our Yugi. You don't think the Pharaoh is our Yugi? No, the Pharaoh is a distant creature, but Small Yugi is hometown. Yeah, Small Yugi's hometown. I don't think he's a creature. (laughs) He's definitely a creature. He's too big to be a creature. He's a beast. You can be a big creature. You can be a big creature or a small creature. And I think that the pharaoh definitely has a big creature kind of energy to him. Can you name at least one other big creature for me? Yeah, it's, uh... Well, you don't play the Miku. You don't play Project Sekai, but there's a kid in Project Sekai who has big creature energy. Okay. Sure. 
<laughs> Listen, don't challenge my taxonomy of anime boys. I've got it. I can okay. write I can write you a thesis, but you're the one who's not familiar with the background material. And I don't think that's my fault. <laughs> well, before you want to engage me in this field of debate, you really have to do the reading. Look, I have mastered debate for years. Uh-huh. I keep mastering debate. I'm going to end this fucking podcast. <laughs> I cannot stand you. <laughs> Do I have big creature energy? <laughs> no, you have a little creature's energy, if anything. What the fuck? You're a goblin I'm, or an I'm imp. I'm a little creature to you? Yeah, you're like an imp. That was an imp's joke that you just made right now. <sighs> you're always calling me an imp. Yeah, I'm consistent. I'm impmon to you. You're not impmon to me, that's a different guy. <laughs> <laughs> impmon is an imp. Yeah, but he's a different kind of imp than the kind of imp you are. Do you know what Impmon turns into? Yeah, it's in the OP of Digimon Tamers. No, it's Wizardmon. <laughs> oh, okay, that's not from Tamers. You are Wizardmon, though. I, I think. am Wizardmon. I've never seen any other Digimon show besides 24 episodes of Tamers, but I think you're Wizardmon. Wizardmon is sort of the Black Mage. This guy could be a Yu-Gi-Oh card. This guy could be a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Okay, can can we can we? That was my attempt to kind of rein us back a bit. Mm-hmm. I want to shout out Bandit Keith in these episodes, um, because he is just walking around Pegasus' castle talking to himself mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's so bored. He he gets wind that Yugi and Kaiba are dueling and goes like, "Ooh, I better get a front row seat to this duel. I want to scope out these losers' strategies." Um, his allegiance changes at multiple points during the match, which is really funny. At first, he's like, I can't wait to see Kaiba smoke this Yugi dweeb. And then later when Yugi wins, he goes like, wow, that Yugi guy is no joke. And then when Kaiba wins, he's like, I guess Kaiba's the one with the with the resolve to do what has to be done. Um, and it's just really funny that he's like in this tower spying on the match. Um. And then right at the end, he says it was a fun way to kill a morning, even though the sun is clearly setting. Mm-hmm. To me, Bandit Keith wakes up at 4 p.m. <sighs> yeah. That's his rebel spirit. Do you think Bandit Keith does, like, prank TikToks? <laughs> no. I think he just harasses people on the internet. Okay. Not for I just content. had, like... I just had this image of, like, Bandit Keith and his goons in, like, a TikTok house. Okay, now I can see this, though. (laughs) He runs, like, an influencer house, but he's constantly kicking people out and getting new goons. Yeah. I think Bandit Keith is, like, big on Instagram, specifically. That makes sense. It just seems like the social media for a guy like him. All right. 
He wears a flag on his head. <laughs> he wears a flag on his head. Um, anything else you want to shout out about these episodes? I think they're pretty straightforward. <sighs> they're pretty straightforward. It's three episodes long and it doesn't really need to be yeah. necessarily. You could do this a two-parter where like part one <coughs> part one ends with Kaiba summoning the ultimate dragon. And then part two is everything else. There's a lot of back and forth in the beginning about Kaiba spends like five minutes with a fucking genie just like doing tricks. <laughs> I forgot about the genie. Right? Like that that part doesn't need to exist. Uh, I guess the the benefit is that it looks more like a normal card game as opposed to always just drawing the most iconic cards all the time, despite being there being clearly like 40 cards there. Um, but it's a TV show. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And they have this, you know, they're using Kaiba's like weird proto dual disc where there's <clears throat> these sort of weird unstated rules that are different from the normal card game. At one point, Yugi calls back the Dark Magician, which is not a thing you can ever do. (laughs) Because the dual discs, parentheses, beta, are like Pokeballs, kind of. You have to toss them out and pull them back. I think, I mean, it implies that they only support one monster and four magic or spell cards at a time, or magic and trap cards at a time. But, except for when... Except for when Yugi has two monsters... But there's only one, like, monster slot, so I don't really know how that works. But also, creatures were traps, and spells were equips in this uh, in this duel. So. Yeah, fun little bits, like when Kaiba equips Legion with the D-spell card. Uh, <laughs> and when he uses Mystical Elf, but she's a trap card, but she has the, she has the effect of a spell card. Like yeah, he he, you know. he uses Mystical Elf, which is colored as a trap card, but he plays like a magic card, and it doesn't summon a creature, it just restores his health. Yeah. And this is this is a play that Yugi specifically calls out as like, oh, his strategic genius. His <laughs> strategic genius is like completely taking the system apart. This is, he says, this is Kaiba playing as precise as I've ever seen him. He leaves nothing to chance. His APM is skyrocketing. Uh, Which I think is really funny because Kaiba is literally just stalling until he happens to draw all three blue eyes and polymerization. This is a strategy. This is how you play some types of decks. He leaves nothing to chance, Nora. Yeah, exactly. Except, Except the draws of the four pieces for his combo that he needs to win. You know what card he could have used? What card? Pot of Greed. He could have used Pot of Greed. He could have used any draw power, really. I'm not really sure what it does, but I'm sure it would have been useful. I think later in this anime, you'll probably find out. Okay, cool. I think think characters will probably at some point tell you what Pot of Greed does. That would be really helpful for me following at home. Yeah. We'll, We'll be on Pot of Greed watch, you know? I'll call it out if I see it come up in the episodes. Okay, thanks. All right, anything uh, else? No, I'm done. I'm drained. The tank is empty. All right. Um, but we have a little bit of a uh, special thing next time. Mm-hmm. Because... I don't know what you're talking about, so this is interesting to me. 
episode 25 is called Shining Friendship. And then after that is the two-parter Champion versus Creator. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are going to be watching those. So what I meant was that it's not a full two-parter next time. We mm-hmm. have a, a one-off in there, too. Yeah, we're going to do a one-off and then a two-parter. Yeah, And then the next episode will also be a one-off and then a two-parter, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then after that, we are good through the end of, uh, well, the tournament, at least. Uh, I just remember there's like 10 episodes after the tournament in season one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's definitely a part where like we have to watch all of Yugi and Pegasus's duel. And that's like, I think that's like the longest... It's like, five episodes. Yeah, it's five episodes. I think it's the longest dual arc that, um, like, that we're gonna get for like mo until like maybe the end of season two. Uh, the end of season two is actually a two-parter, but in the middle of season two, there's a four-parter. So I'm yeah, we're not through. match of the millennium is gonna be, uh, is gonna be our longest one. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll get a six-parter in season three and another. Uh, Another five-parter as well. I'm just scrolling through to see another six-parter in season four. And no, only four-parters in season five. So in case you were wondering. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you ever think about how each season of Yu-Gi-Oh! is like a whole Gundam? No, in fact, I'm thinking about ending this podcast before we hit 25 minutes. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> Which we're not going to do, but I'm thinking about it. Yu-Gi-Oh! No, we got to do plugs. Fuck! <laughs> uh, where can people find you on the internet, Nora? You can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora. You can find me on co-host at Ashworm. Uh, you can find this podcast on Twitter at Attack Position. Mm-hmm. And as always, you can send us emails at... We are the email at gmail.com. <laughs> you could send us emails at our at our at our heritage email. <laughs> Legacy email. Right. Heritage makes it sound like it's like Confederate shit. <laughs> or dead. <laughs> uh, yeah. You should ask me where people can find me on the internet. Where can people find me on the internet? Where can people find you on the Fuck! internet? Fuck! Fuck! It's ruined! <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Great Grebe, which is a type of bird. Uh, this is you know one of the main things that I do. So if you're here, congratulations. Uh, but you can also read the uh, sci-fi underwater mech combat uh, serial that I help edit at unjustdeps.com. Now, some of you might be wondering. Oh no, they forgot to read emails. No, we didn't. We got three emails to read. Oh, are you kidding me? We did. No. We did plugs, and now you're springing emails on me. I forgot, and then I remembered, and I was we're going through the emails before we go. Ah, uh, fine. Faden writes in. Hello, duelists. I love tag team battles in the Yu-Gi-Oh series. I was wondering which unlikely characters would you like to team up, and who would they fight against? I think something like Pegasus and Joey versus uh, Kaiba and Taya would be fun. Oh, we got to do both sides of the tag team. Damn. Hmm. I. <laughs> I want. I want. Uh. I want Tristan and Taya to do like a battle of the fourth stringers against. Um. 
against Duke Devlin. Re- no, against Rex and Weevil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, they'd probably lose horribly because Rex and Weevil are supposed to be like national champions. Oh, yeah. But it would be kind of funny. It would be kind of funny. Hmm. Um, how about uh, Mako Tsunami and Yami Bakura? Holy shit. Against. Esperosa Esperosa? Esperoba? Esperoba. I wasn't gonna say anything. Esperoba. Uh and Grandpa. <laughs> For some reason the idea of Esperoba just yelling at Yugi's grandpa <laughs> is really funny to me. Well, that means that uh, that's the only uh, sorry. partner he can have. Sorry, we, in... we should use his proper name, Solomon Moto. Well, isn't that his dad, not his grandpa? No, his grandpa's name is Solomon Moto. Okay, well, this is a, actually a perfect pairing because Solomon, uh, this is the only partner in a duel that Solomon Mo- Mo- Moto would be able to hear because he is old. Now, come on. Let's not make generalizations about old people. Okay. You know what my job is. I think Solomon Moto versus Yami Bakura is is a key part of this. Yeah, clearly. This youngster just needs to calm down. (laughs) Does it? Wait, hold on. Isn't wouldn't Solomon Moto just have Yugi's deck? Isn't he still using his grandpa's deck? That's correct. <laughs> so it's kind of just Yugi, but old. <laughs> it's Yugi, but less good at cards. We don't know. We've never. Oh, okay. I guess so. We Kaiba. He's lost. He has. He is zero and one right now, as far as his card game record, because we know he lost to Kaiba in the first one. However, maybe he just didn't draw Exodia. Well, you know what I can do? What? I can look up Solomon Moto. You sure could. Um, does the wiki have a list of duels? Uh, he does duel later, I guess. Okay. Hell yeah, but, honestly. Oh, here... Oh, yeah, I have a table of all of his duels. Um, Can you just give me... No opponent names. Can you just give me, like, a total win-loss record? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, let me... Um, <laughs> let me just send you this image real quick. All right. In the attention duelists zone here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I'm looking at a table that says episodes and outcomes. Epi- the, it has two entries. Episode 1, lose off screen. And episode 187 to 188, outcome, lose. <laughs> Shout out to Solomon Moto. Oh, wait. Also, one of the guides who led him to the Pharaoh's tomb referred to him as Dr. Moto at one point, indicating that Solomon has a doctorate. Oh, shit. Damn, I guess academia did not work out for this man. 
Well, okay. This is listed as trivia instead of just a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, in Yu-Gi-Oh! The movie Pyramid of Light, it is revealed that Solomon has a pacemaker. And now they've provided a quote. Uh, this thing's putting out energy waves that are making my pacemaker go haywire. I I don't know if that's a joke. I think he's just saying that. Hmm. The exclamation point made me think it was a joke. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll have to watch Pyramid of Light at some point. I guess so. Oh, wait, he shows up in GX? <laughs> Can we get to the second email now? <laughs> <laughs> all right all right face off question Faden also writes in attention duelist kaiba and joey switch faces who blows their new identity first does yuki notice that joey's acting very wealthy is joey a better brother to mokuba hmm. uh, this is really tough this is a really tough question. Because I think both of them would be so bad at pretending to be the other. I think I think Kaiba probably blows his cover first. Just because when you're rich, you can be a huge weirdo and n- people don't question you. You know? Like, if Kaiba started acting nice, I think most people around him would just be like, Shit, I guess he's doing this. Well... At least he's not threatening to fire me. But if Joey started acting like an anime rival, there would be some issues really quickly. I have an important question about this. Okay. Is an accent muscle memory? Or mental? I think it's... Joey still speak with a, his accent when he has a different body. Oh, you mean just like when if you get swapped? Um, if you get swapped, do you still form your words the same way with your muscles? I think you would I try. You would. Yeah, I think if you just got totally put in another person's body, I think you would try to speak the way you normally speak, and so you would and retain I don't, your accent. I don't see any reason you wouldn't be able to you to do your accent. Like it's not like any. I mean, your voice would sound different, but you would still speak the way you speak. You know. Yeah, you would still use the same muscle movements yeah. that you learned. So, uh, I guess I would say Kaiba blows it first, or Joey blows it first, because suddenly Kaiba has this Brooklyn accent. But once again, when you're obscenely rich, <laughs> you can kind of just do whatever you want to do. Who's going to call Kaiba on anything weird he does? I guess nobody, except Mokuba. I think Mokuba would like having a relatively nice brother. (laughs) I think he would be like, this is pretty cool. I think Mokuba would be like, hey, big bro, can we go to the amusement park today? And Joey as Kaiba would be like, yeah, little bro, let's go do it. And Mokuba would be like, this rules. I love going to the amusement park. I guess losing to Yugi really did change him. <laughs> oh, also, we get, uh, in a flashback in this episode, we get Yugi doing a mind crush on a random guy, and he once again yells, Mind crush! Um, it's one of the greatest things ever. I love that he yells, Mind crush. 
He just yells it he j- like it's a normal thing. He just yells the 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 word mind or the phrase mind crush. Um, and it's amazing. Uh, we have one last email. Mm-hmm. Bob writes in. Hello, Nora and Olivia. Very big fan of the podcast, so I wanted to see if I could illuminate why I think the anime is filled with nonsense rules in Duelist Kingdom. It's true that the anime was produced after the card game Everyone Has Come to Know and Love was produced. The Duel Monsters anime begins in April 2000. Uh, the first booster pack is in February 99. You'd expect them to create duels and follow the rules of the game that the show is supposed to advertise. However, it would appear that the anime is not rewritten very much compared to the manga. Just comparing insect... Uh, Insector Haga versus Yugi in the manga to Weevil Underwood versus Yugi in the anime, what occurs in the duel is exactly the same with barely any differences. And the Duelist Kingdom arc in the manga did not finish publication until June of 99, which means almost all of it was written before the uh, official game's rules were released. Oh. It should be interesting to see if any of the duels begin to feel more like the game as the arc continues towards its conclusion. I know that Battle City rules resemble the, card, the Konami card game much more closely, even if adapting the cards that Takahashi writes to make his story interesting into the game isn't exactly one-to-one. That's That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't think of this before. But yeah, that does make a lot of sense. If they're adapting... Things that are written before the card game is the card game rules are like official. Interesting. Well, thank you for the yes. for the historical context. Yeah, that was. I also didn't think about this until I read it, and I was like, "Oh, right, yeah. that that would make sense." And that explains why it gets more consistent over time. Okay. On on a separate note, it's interesting to read how Duel Monsters was adapted into cards and video games before the Konami game. For example, the 98 Game Boy game has fusions occur by summoning monsters on top of compatible monsters. And rereading the manga reminded me that the dual arenas were originally just tables in the hollow system boxes like when Yugi and Kaiba duel in Season Zero, not elaborate stadiums. Mm -hmm. And we have been given some examples from the manga of uh, Weevil running toward uh, a glass box with a door on it to go duel. Yeah. Interesting. Uh... The last thing in this email is a panel from the digital pet chapter. Uh, Yugi, uh, uh, sorry, Joey is yelling, all right, Yugi, let's you and I mate right now, right away. And Yugi says, okay. And Tristan is saying, I don't need to hear that. Shut the fuck up, Tristan. Why is Tristan a homophobe? (laughs) Tristan is that one dog. Uh, Tristan's... It's just a picture of Tristan captioned kind of fruity. Tristan face, and it says, I know what you are. Uh, we do get, we get a flash, we also get a flashback in the first episode of this uh, three-parter uh, where they redo the kind of, like, Taya working at, at, they call it Burger World in the dub. <laughs> um, and then, uh, that's when Yugi mind crushes a random guy to save her from a mugging? Question mark? Question mark? Um, and, and yeah, as we get a flashback to that, a little bit of like season zero coming back in. But during that flashback, Joey tells Taya that she should be whoever she wants to be. So we've confirmed that Joey is an ally and Tristan is a homophobe. 
Oh, sorry. You, I just just wanted to to ping in here with a, a little correction. You said that the restaurant was called Burger World, which is true in the manga and the Japanese version. But as we heard today, it is called Burger Palooza. Oh, okay. In the, in the dub, yeah. we cannot not say Burger Palooza. So, also, their hamburgers appear to just be pieces of bread. They're very small patties in Japan. You know, <laughs> they're more health conscious the, over there. And she just dumps the ketchup on top of the whole tray. She makes the whole thing soggy. Soggy the dark clown? Sorry, I was just distracted by uh, the Joey post. uh, Use non-binding? That's cool. (laughs) Thing being canonical. (laughs) (laughs) Though I do maintain that if it, you know, if you were to actually come out as non-binary to Joey Wheeler, he would somehow pronounce it. He would for some reason pronounce it as non-binary. Uh, I, Non-binary? Yeah. Ain't that a superhero? Uh, I believe that Joey Wheeler has uh, seen the term in writing, but has never heard anyone say it. That means you're really good at singing, huh? <laughs> okay, now it's been 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and we still got through the whole story faster than the show did. That's true. And now we've, we've already done the plugs, so we can't do them again. Things feel... This is another... like. This happened on uh, Bag End this week, but um, back in the day with Export, we used to do plugs and then just keep chatting and hanging out. Mm-hmm. And that would be the midpoint. Mm-hmm. It's I'm, I'm done. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! Disappeared out of here. It was time to pay my dues. Never guessed. You'd be dressed in my clothes and in my shoes You couldn't wait to move right in If I were you, I'd be concerned Ain't no way you're gonna win Bet you didn't count on my return Thought you were so dumb You had it all under control Now enough is enough for our plan to succeed, Kaiba must be taken out of the picture. Permanently. You'll never take me alive. Seto Kaiba will bother us no more. <laughs> I'm not gonna give up Kaiba Corporation without a real fight. It's takeover time by me. I attack with the blue eyes white dragon. Thought you were so dumb